But I have thought about changing my name. I have thought about just going, like taking out my maiden name and just doing my married name. But I think my motivation was wrong, which is why I didn't do it because I wanted to erase Winans. I wanted to get out of that box. It doesn't matter if my name is Johnson. People are going to be like, have you ever heard of Cece Winans? You look so much like her. These jeans are so strong. So this has been a big week for my music career. Oh, y'all didn't know I had a music career? Well, I dabble. You know, I dabble. Uh, My man Tigolo, one half of the awesome group Little Brother, whose new album, May the Lord Watch, uh, he asked me to do a little something for an interlude on the album. Uh, See, they needed a background vocalist. Now I'm just bullshitting. (laughs) I just lent my voice to a skit. Album is fire, though, so uh, please do download it, preferably on Spotify. Um, But no, this really could have been an even bigger week for my music career. Uh, But I had to adult, unfortunately. One of my girls, an accomplished actress and a terrific singer, asked me to be in her music video yesterday. But I couldn't make it. And I was ready to floss, too. I practiced my little auntie bop and everything. Uh, Luckily, though, she understood. And while I didn't get to hang out with her on her video shoot, I will get to spend some quality time with her on this podcast. Because our hit television show, Greenleaf, is gearing up for its fourth season on OWN, premiering September 3rd. I am so pleased to be joined on today's podcast by my Detroit homie, Deborah Joy Winans, up next on Jamel Hill is Unbothered. So I said uh, in the intro that this has been a pretty funny week because I've been living out some musical fantasies. Uh, I don't sing, but I have appeared on albums. That's what I would tell you. And uh, as I told people um, in the beginning, the beginning, beginning of this podcast, I missed my opportunity to be in a music video because Deborah, you invited me <laughs> to be in your music video uh, for a single that's coming out. Um, for the upcoming season, season four of, of Greenleaf. Mm-hmm. And I missed my moment. I mean, you did. I missed you did moment. a little bit. But you know what? Sometimes God is like, all right, you missed that, but I'm going to give you something else. Okay. So, so it's going to come back. It's going to come I back. I do believe. Because I was ready. You know, I had like half a twerk move. Like, oh, oh, wait, this was a gospel song. It was good. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> we would have found a way to maybe work it in. It, it just a little bit, a twerk for Jesus. Yeah, twer- See? A twerk yeah. for Jesus. Yeah. And like, just... No, just one right hip, just like tilting and that's up okay. ever so slightly. It would it would have in worked. the most respectful. Fashion. Yes, as long as it's respectful, <laughs> a twerk for Jesus will work. I do believe. So, how did the uh, how did the the shoot go? The shoot went amazing. Of course, we missed you, but God is good. You know, we were stressed. You know how you just get something big on your plate and you be stressing, and then you realize it comes, it happens, and you were stressing for no reason. That's what that was. We were stressing, but then the day came. Such a beautiful day. We shot outside. We shot a lot of just scenery. We had a lot of balcony, beautiful view shots, and everything was perfect. The day was perfect. The crew was perfect. The director was really perfect. Oh, okay. He it was just, really cute too. Was he? Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, I liked heard. Him. I heard that uh, that you might have something going on with the director. I mean- being we the fact that little, he's your husband. So that, yeah, <laughs> that works <yeah>. out. <laughs> um, and it was great. And, you know, I just really felt love. Um, 
it was very last minute. And the fact that you said yes, and I know things come up because that's the, we're in the business of things coming up. And I get that. Um, just the fact that you said yes, the fact that Anika Noni Rose came, Jason Durden came, Erica Ash came, Major came, uh, my beautiful friend Megan came. Just I, I just felt loved. You know, when your family and your friends see you and they like, oh, this is what you need. We got you. That's how I felt yesterday. I that, felt supported. That support. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting to, that for you in particular and ironic that you are shooting a music video <laughs> miss i don't want to be a singer i know yeah. and the fact that that's what i have basically lived on all these years i never wanted to sing and it wasn't i didn't have an aversion to singing it just wasn't my passion it wasn't what i loved and growing up i felt like i was always taught to follow your heart what is it you love what is it that is in your heart to do and so I've never loved singing, so I just didn't want to sing. So for people who may not have seen um, the title of this podcast or or who they were actually listening to, so the last name Winans. If you don't know the last name Winans, <laughs> um, even, you, you know, you don't have to be saved to know the last mm-hmm. name Winans. Everybody knows the last name Winans. <laughs> and especially for people like me being from Detroit as Deborah Joy is Detail? too. The D. Um, so, you know, Winans is... Uh, for our city, and really, you can make the case nationally, uh, is the f- basically the first family of gospel, and so it's about nine thousand of y'all. <laughs> Winans is, is about fifty limb Winans, <laughs> right? Um, so you know, you come from a family of singers, not singers, yes. singers. Oh yeah, they can sing. Um, so, so people to understand, I guess the the full family tree. BB and CC are your aunt and yes, uncle. Yes, my aunt and uncle. Right. Um, the Winans comprised of Marvin and Carvin, the twins. Carvin is my dad. He's the one with the high voice when I cry tomorrow. Um, And then my Uncle Ronald, my late Uncle Ronald, and um, my Uncle Michael. And so it's the Winans, Bibi and Cece. Then there's Angie and Debbie, the two younger sisters. Um, And then, of course, Cece's gone solo. Bibi's gone solo. And then there's a couple that don't sing. Right. So you're not, Praise it's not totally foreign that you are one of the anti-singing whiners. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's so, it's not foreign. Yeah. But there's very, there's only a couple of us. Um, and my family laughed really, really hard, actually, in my face. They're so rude. Because when I released, um, oh, I didn't release it, but when Greenleaf released uh, the first soundtrack for the show, my family was like, oh, Oh, Miss Never Gonna Sing. Miss Never Wanna Sing. Miss Ain't Never Gonna Be Behind a Mic. Is that you? I mean, they had so many jokes <laughs> in my face. I, I was like, really, did. guys? Yeah. I'm I'm sucking it up right now. Just please. I'm be surprised easy. that they didn't hit you with sort of the playful guilt trip, like, oh, so you can sing for Oprah. Uh, oh, <laughs> but you can't sing for the family. Look, <laughs> when I tell you, and some of them didn't believe my uncle Marvin called me, and I was in the middle of doing a play. I was a, it was five minutes to the stage. And he called my phone. I was like, hey, what's, go, what's up? And he's a pastor. He's so busy. I'm just like, what? He never really calls me. So I was like, hey, Uncle P, what's up? Is this you? I said, what? Uh, Matt Mass is calling. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, when did you start singing? I said, Uncle P, I, I, it's just for the show. What? So this is on the show. So I was like, oh, my God. 
Well, I might play it on my radio show. I kind of like, I said, okay, thank <laughs> so you, you. So you got the seal of approval. Of approval from the GOAT. I mean, <laughs> Uncle Marvin, I call him Uncle Peanut. I'm really, I'm not going to stay with Marvin because that's hard for me. Yeah. No, Uncle Peanut, Peanut is, when I tell you he can sing any song, any way, anyhow, I, the man is brilliant behind the mic. And so when he approved it, I said, wow. Like I hung up and just smiled. Okay. I said, okay. Well, just so people understand, it's not that you, clearly it's not that you can't sing, but as you has said, as you've said before, like singing was just never a passion. So how is it that you grow up in this famous gospel singing family mm. and singing is not a passion? You know, I just didn't love it. I love watching my family. I love sitting there at their concerts. I love sitting in church and Uncle Pina is offering and people are walking and Uncle Pina is just going to town on a hymn. I love that. So they didn't make you sing in the choir growing up? I did. Like, you know, from time, it was forced though. <laughs> that was absolutely forced. And I don't believe in being forced. Right. I didn't like that. I chose, I actually asked my dad, could I just start directing the choir? Because I did well, not love well, the damn, singing. you went from... <laughs> I don't want to be in it, but I do want to be in charge Look, of it. I love the way the directors move. Like, they got swag. They that was fun. The, you know, if you get a good director, that's it, fun they to do watch. Set it that's off. fun to get. Yes, they, they absolutely. Set it okay. So I just didn't love it. But I think the key for me was growing up, my mom and my dad, uh, Carvin Winans and Deborah Kurt Winans. Um, I have to say that because my dad is remarried and some people don't understand that that's not my mama praise god um so carvin Wines and deborah <laughs> you know be, well i have to do that because one write-up and actually it was in detroit and i was really sad about that they did a, a little piece on me but they said daughter of carvin winans and sheree winans and my mom got wind oh right and that was a problem understood you know yeah so um but my parents would take us to double features Every weekend, we would go see two movies every weekend. What, what movie theater were you going to? Uh, we were going. We were going way out, like in Livonia. Okay, yeah. Because by we that would time, go, like, there wasn't weekend. really any in the oh nothing city. in oh no yeah. no there was nothing. See, I'm older than you, so I remember the Mercury Theater back when it was like three dollars and fifty cents. Oh to dang! Go. I know I'm old, right? No, saw, you're not old. I saw New but... Jack City in Detroit. Oh dang! Which is <laughs> a whole thing. I saw Harlem Nights in the D. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's like it used to be a theater. Well, you know what? The I theater. could have, but... In the Northwest Theater. I was just... Prop- they, my dad so took me to a lot of things. Y'all wasn't hood no more like that anymore. Oh, oh no, no, no. No, see, people think... I No, I grew up 1A114 Parkside, Detroit, Michigan, 48221. I grew Damn, up she got the in zip. the D. <laughs> oh, I know you it's grew up in the a... D. Because you went to Cass with 9 million other people. So, well, Oh, see, no. <laughs> yeah, no. that was shade. That was Mumford shade. That was a lot of Mumford shade. But I went to Renaissance. <laughs> Renaissance. I thought you to Cass. No. Oh, Cass was stank. I did not want Cass. Renaissance... It's a little more bougie. That is true. It's a little the more smart. Bougie. I mean, they're both a little di- smarter. For people who are not familiar with Detroit, I know all the Detroiters listening are getting a, a kick out of this. But <laughs> uh, the three schools you have to test into in Detroit mm-hmm. are Cass, Renaissance, and Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. See, your yep. girl's math grades was all something else. So <laughs> that wasn't really my testimony. Look, <laughs> so, let me. I don't know how I got into Renaissance. I feel like my dad talked to somebody. Because math is not my strong suit at all. Mm. Like I was praying to pass out of it when I went to Wayne State. 
I said, can I just test out? How, what do I need to know to get <laughs> out of this? Out? I made it by one. Ooh. Mm. I passed by one. Favor. But yeah, that, that's all it that's all it is. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I went to my mom would take us out to Livonia, um, sometimes Bloomfield Hills. But we went to movies every weekend. Um, and I would just sit and stare at the screen and I would tell my parents that's what I want to do. I didn't see a lot of people like me represented, but I just I felt a passion and a strong sense of just joy whenever I got to look at the screen. And I just, I said, that's what I want to do. I, I believe I can do that. Now, were they surprised by this or was it one of those, oh, that's cute, Deborah. You want to be I think it was screen. kind of, oh, that's cute. Um, because even when I, you know, all the way through high school, I didn't do theater. Renaissance at the time, I don't believe, didn't really have theater. And so when I went to Wayne State, I brought it up again you know, as a semi-grown person, said, oh, I'm going to major in theater. And my parents were like, what? But you ain't never done it. I was like, that's okay. I just, I believe I can do it. And so my mom, she said, well, you speak so well, Joy. I think maybe you should maybe be a news anchor. I said, yeah, I don't want to do that. She said, oh, well, you write well. Maybe a journalist. I was like, yeah, I don't really think I write that good. I want to be an actor. Shout out to mom for trying to get you in our profession. <laughs> Thank you, mom. Appreciate she it. She tried. She really tried. <laughs> And the first show I did, because I denied all of that, and then the first show I got cast in at Wayne State was Hospice, um, directed by D. Christy Eves. And it's a show written by uh, Pearl Clegg. And um, it's a two-woman show, so you can't help but see me. Studio theater, 99-seater. And my parents, my brothers came. And afterwards, like, my mom was almost in tears. They were floored. They said... This is exactly what you do. And they supported me from then on out. What was the character you were playing? Uh, Jenny. I played the daughter. The other young lady played the mother. I was like a pregnant daughter in the show. It was, it was amazing. And it just the fulfillment I got from them saying, you're absolutely right, was so gratifying. Because I'm a family girl. I love my family. Right, wrong, in between. I'm like, oh, that was really wrong. Oh, I love you, though, but that was really wrong, but I love you. I just love them. And so I was also determined to do what it was that was in my heart. So I'm like, okay, I know I'm going to do this, but it would be really, really great if they would kind of back me. And they did after that moment. And they didn't actively not back me, but I think once they saw what it was I was trying to do and saw me actually at work, it's they were like, oh, okay, yeah, this is it. So I want to backtrack a, a little bit because, um, you know, again, as, as I said earlier to the listeners who may be unfamiliar with your family, um, the level of fame that your family has in Detroit, it is rock star level. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. so I'm wondering what was that like for you growing up to be attached to that name? Was it difficult to kind of have your own identity when the Winans have such an overwhelming identity, particularly in Detroit? Um. You know what? It wasn't. To be honest, it really wasn't. I think that my parents did a really great job in not just grounding us, but making sure we understood it doesn't matter what your last name is. You're a person just like she's a person, just like he's a person. Treat people right. Be kind. And that's what's going to master the matter. That's what's going to last. And so um, they taught us to just do what it was we loved. 
So it wasn't hard. We were never forced to sing. Um, we were just forced to kind of figure out who we were and what we wanted to do. I think it was harder for other people. Um, like my dad, we went to the Grammys when I was like nine. And my dad was like, don't tell anybody where you're going. He made us give a note to our teacher saying we were going to be gone whatever days. Um, but he was just like, all of this means nothing if you're not a good person. And so that's just what it was. We never thought we were better than anybody. We never thought, like, I don't think I really understood what they meant to people or what their music meant to people until I got to college. And I started traveling and people would say, oh my God, Winans, like, like the white, like BBCC. Oh my God. And then they would tell me stories about just how the music was healing, how it saved them. And I was like, wow, people really know who they are. They're kind of a big deal. I had deal. no idea. <laughs> it's, but you know, I, you would think that I would know that just being in the family. I didn't realize. I didn't realize. And I think once I got to college, I found out how much it mattered to other people. Because um, I started being cast in quite a few shows as the lead. <laughs> and people were like, she only getting that because she a whinings. They was hating. Oh, <laughs> I mean, hardcore. I'm surprised. I'm sure you probably got a lot of uh, gospel plays that came your way. And I know you you uh, were in your... <laughs> I, I'm sure, were you getting a lot of your arms too short, the box of gods? <laughs> were you getting a lot of those? <laughs> you know, it's... I only stuck to what we were doing in school um, because it was already hard enough, just the schedule that they wanted to give us. And no, like Wayne State didn't do any gospel plays, which was a, a shock to me. But that's where I felt like I was able to really build my chops. Because no offense, I love gospel and I love plays and I love the two together. Um, however, sometimes it's just about somebody really singing really loud. And there's no real character development and um, just a real meaning, a real story, a real plot. Right. They'll get hit with a brick and, you know, start singing tomorrow. Yeah. It's like, mm, that's not how it's that like, works. What is that? <laughs> it doesn't um, go that way. And, you, and you, you know, that's great for some people. But I knew that I wanted to really develop a skill. And so that's what I was able to really do at Wayne State and even at CalArts. But Wayne State was um, like I did Adventures of a Black Girl in Search of God. Um, we did um, Miss Julie, which they flipped that script because that's really a white woman with a black man as her valet and she falls in love with him. But they made Miss Julie black. Okay. And I was Miss Julie. Um, we just did, we did... We did a lot of things that, stories that just meant something, you know? Um, so when you were in high school, um, were you, uh, was it one of those things where, where dudes afraid to like talk to you in high school because of your family? <laughs> you know, I found out senior year for prom because I said, man, I don't have a date. Nobody asked me to prom. Nobody asked you. Nobody to, asked me prom, and I See? remember sitting on the steps at home next to my dad, and I was like, "Am I ugly?" <laughs> I because I didn't understand. I said, "Maybe it's because I'm dark." Maybe nobody asked me to prom. My dad was like, "I ain't had no ugly kids. You're gonna be just fine." But he was happy to own a He was life. very happy. Like, yes. <laughs> he was so happy. I had to take a girlfriend of mine from church 
to prom because I didn't have a date, but you had to go with somebody. It got to the point where my brothers were like, um, you want me to ask my friend? Uh, I said, no. Not to that, set up. That's what we're not going to do. Not to set up. <laughs> I don't need charity. I'm just, I'm, it's fine. <laughs> I don't need charity. Speaking <laughs> of, thanks for that transition. <laughs> I appreciate it, homie. <laughs> So um, I am firmly, as you know, deeply entrenched in Greenleaf Hive, which um, <laughs> the new season, season four, kicks off September 3rd. Yes. And for those who do not know, her character name is actually Charity. <laughs> so she just gave me an easy transition. So I'm just going to take this uh, alley-oop and run with it. Um, so your character this season, because mm-hmm. uh, the way it ended last season, I don't want to give away too many spoilers, mm-hmm. but I mean... I'm trying to think of a way to say this without using a cuss word. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Are you not allowed to cuss oh, on no, here? Oh, no, you cuss on here. Oh, okay. yeah. So, but I was going to say, look, wait a minute, because I've been listening. Hold on a second. No, I know. Yes. But your, <laughs> not, your 900 family members ain't coming after me. <laughs> like, you just uh, swearing in front of a sweet little innocent <laughs> Deborah Joy. Um, but no, uh, y- your character, there's been some complications. Yes. In her life. Yes. Um, there's always been a lot of drama, but like yeah. really peak drama for charity. Yeah. Um, so real quick, we're going to play a clip just to give those who have been watching the show Mm -hmm. an idea of what charity may be angling for, which involves some pastoring. Mm. (laughs) All right. So everybody Mm -hmm. take a listen. I am ready to preach. Grace did bring the idea to us of you being AP (laughs) and passionately. Oh, whatever. I'm sure she did not express everything that I just told you. That's definitely true. See, I knew it because she hates me. And I would hate her, too, if Jesus didn't tell me I couldn't. I would. That's a separate issue from me. Look, I know you don't want too many green leaves, but I'm a good one. Well, I'm better than Grace, at least. Mm, So a little strife between you and Grace. (laughs) Uh, So where, well, I know you can't give much away, but Mm -hmm. what do you enjoy about the development of charity for this particular season? Oh, I think it's fantastic. Um, I love it. And our writers are really, really great. Um, Right at the top, before we went to Atlanta to start shooting, they all gave us a moment to say, what is it you want to see for your character this season? Where do you want them to go? You know, what, where do you see them at this point? And um, I relayed how I felt and they took that and ran with it. And I'm so excited because Charity has been seen as, you know, season one, she's young, she's naive. Um, she's angry that Grace is back. And I said, I, I want to get into that. Why is she so angry? What is it that's going on? And, and, um, and so there's that. And then she finds out she's married to a man that does not really like her that way anymore. And so... I love how you... Because <laughs> you tried not to I give know, away I this one. Try, I, I was, you know... But you know what? Case, Guess what? This season four. One, you know I what? Mean, come on. Netflix it. Thank you. Um, That's what I did. Her, her husband is gay. Yes. She finds out at the height of her pregnancy with twins, she loses a baby. Then she has the baby and then she gets divorced. And so she's just going through quite a bit. She meets a man, music producer. She thinks that's it. Who's now on one of my other favorite shows, Young and the Restless. Oh, yeah. oh yes. Yeah. Yes, he is. Yeah, he's on Young and the Restless He's so now. fantastic. Sean Dominic. He's really, really great. And so Charity has just, she's gone through quite a bit. Yeah, she's been through it. Yeah. And so I think after last season, season three, where she really had to f- 
take responsibility for her actions and really grow up. This season for her is about, I've gone through, I've taken responsibility, and now I'm ready to take what is mine, what I know and believe I deserve. And if you guys are not willing to give it to me, then I will find someone else who is. Mm. Well, well, well. <laughs> well, well that's, that's the what thing that about the, the character, Charity, is like there's always... Um, this level of insecurity that mm-hmm. has driven her mm-hmm. um, to always feeling as if um, not necessarily an outcast, but the last to know. And yes, you know, just and kind just of fighting invisible. for that. Re- invisible. That's yeah. the word I'm looking for. You said what I wanted to say, but smarter. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, she's struggled with these issues in this, in this family full of personalities mm-hmm. and conflicts. And, um, and again, for those who are, who are not familiar, kind of the, the, the basis of the show is is Greenleaf is this famous gospel family. Mm-hmm. Hello, relatable <laughs> to your own life. <laughs> um, uh, that, but they're in Memphis. I mean, yes. that's the supposedly the, the setting for it. And mm-hmm. they have this mega church. And um, while I know to a lot of people like or who may be who may not have seen it, thinking like a church drama. Look, they keep it real on this show. They keep it real. real. They keep it real. And and a lot of. People do get it confused. They think it's only church. It's kind of the business. It's the, the business, business of, of the church. church right. yeah. But it's also how these people live daily. And it's a it's very easy to go to church on Sunday and say, I love Jesus, but what are you doing Monday through Saturday? What does that life look like? And I think that they take a really, really deep look into all of these people on a Monday through Saturday kind of situation too. Definitely. And at a night and at night situation, a, inside <laughs> their marriage situation, or outside their marriage situation. Like they're not messing yes. around. So because they do deal with this is a, a a church drama quote unquote that does deal with issues that are always controversial in church. Absolutely. Um, you just mentioned one: homosexuality, homophobia, mm-hmm. um, sexual abuse. Yeah. So, what has been the feedback from, say, the church people who watch this show that you've been able to to kind of get a handle on? The feedback has has definitely been mixed. Um. And I think the mixed portion truly comes from people that maybe saw one episode and they think, oh no, they're just trying to condemn the church. They're just trying to make the church look bad. I will not support this. Um, But a lot of other people have said how they broke down and were able to, to recognize the problems that they were going through and get counseling. Um... One man came to me and said they made a mandatory um, viewing for the family that he had 12 brothers and sisters, but a lot of things had happened in that family that nobody wanted to talk about over the years. And now they started getting therapy. Um, I just think that, and then for other people, it's just really good drama. It's just really exciting to watch. Even if you've gone through none of it, it's like, ooh, dang. It's just good drama. <laughs> it is. Um, but so, so I have heard about a lot of, that's not a word, Joy. I was going to say, that's so bad because I do have an education. I have a master's. I was going to say a lot of ungood feedback. <laughs> okay. Ungood. But you know what? I'm, I'm going to use mean. it. I got a lot of ungood Un- feedback. You, people create words all yeah. the time. Look, why ungood. not? Why not? <laughs> yeah. And um, And I just think that, I think that people were scared that it was going to put the church in a bad light. But to me, the the church is not, it's not the four walls. 
you are the church. And if you are representing what you believe well, then you shouldn't have a problem with that. It's the people that have been kind of covering up what they're doing and acting as if, oh, no, that's okay. No, we just going to put a rug over that. It's going to be fine. It's exposing things that never really wanted to be exposed. But that's no, I mean, I think that's, that's what a, light does. That's the perfect way to put it. And I think it does give, although fictional, a fictional drama, it does mm-hmm. give, um, it makes you think dif- differently about how churches and pastors really have to deal with a lot of traumatic situations mm-hmm. and how they handle those. Mm-hmm. And so um, I found that part to be, you know, very enlightening, even though, again, I know it's fictional. So what did your family think about Greenleaf? <laughs> Um, well, um, my parents and my brothers were, are, are very, very happy and excited from the beginning. Um, my grandma, my sweet grandma, who I love, um, and she, she wouldn't mind this because my grandma's always honest. And my thing is be honest with me. And she was, she said, hmm. Reading the summary, honey. I I don't know about this. We hadn't taped anything yet. I just don't know. Joy, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. And so my family, my family is, they're very conservative. And so I think that it's going to take something for them to kind of be able to get into that because that's all they've ever known, you know? And so, and I thank God for my foundation. I think it's made me who I am. Um, I'm just, I'm younger. And so I see a lot of things differently. And I also will never question it because I know God's hand in it. I know just the the way I even got green leaf was nothing but God. And so at this point, I'm just like, okay, well, people can have their opinions. You're you are entitled to your opinion. And they're so close and to it. And I respect it. that. that they, and I love it. Yeah, they, they're so close to it because yeah. it's the life they've known. It's the life they've so known. I sort and, of expect them to and kind you, of have and that And you respect reaction. it. Mm-hmm. You know, you respect it. And I'm like I said earlier, I'm a family girl. And so sometimes I was just a bit hurt because I felt like I've always been everybody's cheerleader and I've always been excited for everybody with anything that they were doing. And so it stung a little bit initially but I'm always going to appreciate the honesty and the love that I know they have for me. Um, and so when you know people and you know their motives, you're going to be okay with it. But I also know God for myself. And I know how this happened. That it's, you know, I didn't have a resume that would make them call me for this show. I didn't have, I didn't have a guest star or co-star. I ain't done a film. I didn't have anything that said that I would be able to be a series regular on a new scripted drama. The first one that Owen was doing that was not Tyler Perry, that did not have just a built-in audience. I didn't have the resume for that. So, you know, when Oprah calls and she knows you by name, you say, okay, God, what? Well, um, I'm going to have you tell that story in full, but we're going to take a break uh, first. And I find that story to be pretty remarkable as well in terms of how you uh, were discovered. So we'll have you tell that story on the other side. (music) 
Well, since you did such a great job of teasing that so well, um, explain how you got the role of charity on Greenleaf. Absolutely. Um, so I was doing a, a workshop. My uncle, Uncle BB, um, wrote a play about his life. It's called Born for This, the BB Winan Story. Um, and you can't tell his story without Cece, of course. And so he wanted to do a workshop of it. And um, the first workshop I ever did, I, I went just thinking, oh, okay. You know, it's my family. It's fine. Whatever. And then the songs that they wanted to be sung. Now, mind you, I, I, I don't sing. So when they brought that out, I said, huh, I didn't know Cece sang that high. Whew. Oh. It was a rough week of workshopping and singing that stuff. I got home to L.A. I told my husband, I'm never doing that again. I can't sing like Cece. There's a reason why God created only one Cece. It's like, never going to happen. 99% of the planet cannot sing like Cece. Oh, C. my C. God. Wines, right? I just, I was so, I said, yeah, I'm never going to do that again. Next summer came, Uncle BB called again. They wanted to do another workshop. And I looked at my husband. I was like, I'm never doing it. And... um and then he went behind my back and told him that I would do it. And I was so mad at him. And then they got my brother Juan to come in and play BB. And at the time, we were living on two different coasts. So I said, oh, well, I can hang out with my brother. Well, okay, that, it'll be fine. And for some reason during that week, he worked with me on my singing because he's an incredible artist. And then vice versa with the acting. And we just kind of, it just became a thing. And so... The next workshop we did landed them a joint production with the Alliance Theater in Atlanta and then Arena Stage in D.C. And right before we were going to do those productions, we did uh, our final workshop in New York in 2015. It was March. It was March 22nd because it was my anniversary. And Oprah came to that workshop. Oprah, Gail, Cicely Tyson. It was... Damn. It was um, <laughs> I, let me tell you, okay. it was it was crazy, and it was in this this dark, dank like rehearsal. It was smelly room. It just it was not the circumstance that you would want to have an Oprah in. You know, we have music stands. We're twenty feet away from her. We're and it's long. It's not really really worked out. So it's a really long play. Everything is happening, and um. Maybe two weeks after that, I was calling. I was like, oh, did you hear anything? Did they like it? It's like, oh, yeah, everything's great. I was like, oh, okay. So that was March. In May, I had just gotten home from a friend's wedding, and it was a morning, and I just thought, I was sitting on the couch, and I was in one bedroom on Bronson. I still love Bronson. Um, and I was just praying. I said, God, I am running into so many doors. I know this is what, you, this is what you've called me to do. But if this is really you, I need you to open a door because I don't know what else to do. I have my BFA. I have my MFA. I trained for a month in Russia at the Moscow Art Theater School. Um, I'm doing everything that I can. I'm still taking other classes on the side. What else do I need to do? If this is what you have for me, I need you to open the door. The very next day, Oprah called my phone. I I've, I knew she was going to call because my uncle called me that morning. And he called me and just said, guess who called me? I said, who? He said, uh, Oprah. She called, I was like, oh, what did she say? He said, well, she, 
she wanted your information. I said, I'm sorry, what? He said, yeah, she, um, she's got you in mind for something. And so email her your headshot and resume. I said, okay. But I figured whatever I was emailing was maybe just to the company. But no, it was her. She responded right away and said, thank you so much. These are beautiful. Um, do you have anything with you singing? I was like, no. Uh, but I can make something. She said, no, don't worry. Can I have your phone number? And I was like, yes. And when she called, it said no caller ID. So I got really geeked. I was in the car with my husband. I said, baby, do you think this is her? Is this her? He was like, if you don't pick up the phone. So I was like, okay. I took a breath and then said, hello. She said, Deborah Joy, it's Oprah. How are you? Oh my God, you do a perfect and I Oprah. Said, <laughs> <laughs> I was just in this, uh, um, I'm good. How are you? She said, oh, I'm great. And then she proceeded to tell me about the show. She said, you know, I can't tell you too much because we're still, you know, getting things together. But I've read the first draft and I cannot get you out of my mind for this one particular role. I said, wow. She said, unfortunately, you know, I mentioned you to the network and no one knows who you are. I said, they wouldn't. I haven't done anything. She said, that's okay. I believe they'll see what I see when it's time for you to audition. And I said, yes, ma'am. She said, so don't worry. I'll make sure I get all your stuff over to Lionsgate and, and someone will be in touch very soon about getting an audition. And, you know, I'm going to open the door for you as wide as I possibly can. I said, that's a big door. If Oprah's going to open the door, that's a big door. And um, I said, well, thank you so much for just remembering me and considering me. And she said, oh, no, you go in and you do what you wind and to do. I said, yes, ma'am. I had an audition, I think they called me three weeks later, three or four weeks later, I can't remember, and to audition. So I auditioned, and then four days went by, and I said, oh, God, I didn't even get a call back. Like, I jacked up. And then they called and said they wanted to put my deal together. And I said, well, what does that mean? Because I've never been that far. <laughs> what is that? They did that. I went in one last time for a work session that was supposed to be 25 minutes minimum, where I would be with the writer and the casting director, and that would you know help them make a decision. I was in there for five minutes. I walked out. My husband had already dropped me off. He had left. I said, just come back. Come back and get me. I messed up. I was only in there for five minutes. They don't like me. So I was walking down the street like I just I got out of there, and they called me the next morning. I was at Trader Joe's on Vine between Sunset and Hollywood. My brother, my sister, and my niece were in town. We had just walked out, and they called me and told me that I got it. And I broke down in tears on Vine, and my nieces thought something happened. She said, Auntie, what's wrong? Stop crying. And my sister was yelling at people walking by. She just booked a row! Like, it was pandemonium. It was amazing. And... um. Our first day of shooting, Oprah was there and she just reminded me of why she chose me and that I could absolutely do what they called me to do. Mm -hmm. And it was incredible. What a story. So is Oprah's email Miss Sophia at Oprah.com? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I just I couldn't resist. Um, but <laughs> but no, that was uh, Harpo beat me. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, like you said, at that point in, in your career, you had never been that far. So nope. when you start this ambitious project, mm -hmm. um, how did you how did you not get nervous or put too much pressure on yourself? 
Oh, I was absolutely nervous. Um, I was very, very nervous. But, and that's the thing, when you you got to watch who you hang with, um, your circle, the person you tie your life to. My husband was so critical in those moments because I was, I mean, Keith David is was my father. Lynn Whitfield was my mother. Lamont Rucker was my, these are all names that I'm, like I grew up watching and I just said, how? I'm sure they loved hearing that. <laughs> how? Like, how? I was like, how yeah. am I going to do this? And he would just look at me and say, this is what you train for. You have this. And you got to you gotta be around people that are going to speak life into you and speak to your future and your destiny and not just where you feel like you are. Sometimes you don't always see it. Sometimes you have those moments where you do doubt yourself. But to be linked to someone that's not doubting and can always speak that over you is really critical. It was so critical for me. And so, you know, I was nervous, but I went in there determined to like, we going to sink or swim. Joy, I hope you got it because it's go time. It was go time. We walked in that room and the first scene that we shot was the dinner scene. So all the family's there. And Oprah's in her EP seat. And I was just like, oh, Jesus, okay. And so Oprah called me over and she said, you nervous? I said, mm-hmm. She said, it's okay. You got this. I know why you're here. I was like, okay. And she started telling me about how um, when she was filming The Color Purple, when they were shooting their table scene, she's- Arguably the, the best scene in the movie. The best scene. And she said, um, she said it took us, I think she said three days- to shoot that and to get everybody's close-ups. And she says, so, you know, don't worry. You've got a lot of time for your close-up. Just take it in. She said, and that was the, those are the moments that let you know that you're an actor. That's when I really saw, oh, I'm an actor. And so she said, just take it in. She said, you're going to be good. you got a lot of time. Mm. Sat in that jail. Miss <laughs> 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 Seely, don't trade places me, Miss Seely. <laughs> Yes. I was feeling down. I was feeling mighty low. That is my favorite movie. It's the color purple. I can do that movie from start to finish. I love Not it. Not well, but I know I the entire No, that, that was actually very well. Yeah. I, did I, I enjoy did I that. that? That was really good. Uh, um, yeah. God is trying to tell me something. I tear up every time. Every single time yeah. when Suge comes through the church. Yeah. 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 Back to you. No. <laughs> Back to you. We're having my little Oprah moment no, here. No, that was color fantastic. But um, no, so... When you first got to Hollywood or, you know, first really, really started to pursuing this, um, uh, how did you feel like you were received in the industry? I mean, did your name, did it help or hurt? Mm. Um, even now, I feel like because of who I am, people think, oh, she's in this because she sings. That was my first time recording music. Um that's that's not why they chose me. I didn't. People think that I had records before, and that that's it, oh, that's an easy choice because she's from the church, and that's and that's not what that was. Um, and so for me, that's been a battle, kind of, sort of in my mind because I feel like I don't want to be caught in this box of oh, she's a gospel singer, so. We're going to get her for anything that we want to do that's gospel or any um, 
gospel plays. It, you know, I'm telling you, my arms too short to box for guys. <laughs> that's what that's what they want to call me for, which I'm not upset with. I don't my I love any chance to really get into my craft, um, but I've been fearful of being in that box, and I feel like that's how the industry sees me. Um, which is okay because the only thing to me that alleviates that is whatever God has for me, I'm going to get. But I have thought about changing my name. I have thought about just going, like taking out my maiden name and just doing my married name. But I think my motivation was wrong, which is why I didn't do it because I wanted to erase Winans. I wanted to get out of that box. It doesn't matter if my name is Johnson. People going to be like, have you ever heard of Cece White? You look so much like her. These jeans are so strong. <laughs> yeah. You can I can't avoid run. it if even the name is not going to help I, It you doesn't avoid help. It. Yeah. I can't. And so I had to recognize my motivation and what was going on in my mind. I'm not going to run from who I am. I have to embrace it and recognize that whatever God has for me, I'm going to get. And it's not about a name. But be grateful for it because whatever doors it does open, it's for a reason. But I've I've definitely struggled with it because I feel like it puts me in a box that I don't want to be in. I'm not trying to be everybody's singer. I want to be an actress. That is who I am. That is what I love. And that is what I want to do. And if the role comes with singing, okay. And I'm going to strengthen that because I don't ever want to feel like I felt when I had to sing for Greenleaf. That first studio session was torture. Like I went in the bathroom and cried halfway through. What was what was going on there? Uh, well, my uncle uh, was producing the music. And he, when I tell you, he's tough. He's so tough. I had never sang before. And he's like, uh-uh, what do you sing? What note is that? No. Duh, can you hit that? Hit that. Uh, can, that's what you need to do. And it got to a point where I was like, I don't, I can't hear. I can't hear it. I don't know. I don't have the note. And I went in the bathroom and I cried and I came out. And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm ready now. He said, girl, I know you was crying. You're going to be fine. Get back in the booth. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> and you ask him to this day, he'll laugh because he knows that it was just really hard for me. But he was also like, but you have it. I'm only pushing you because I know you have it. So you go from that to singing with Patti LaBelle on the show. Baby. <laughs> I just, that's, that's what's so funny about it. I'm like, okay, you go from crying in the bathroom <laughs> to Patti LaBelle. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. What, was, what was that like? Patti, by the way, who's a character on the show. Plays yes. Lynn Whitfield's best friend. Yes. Mm-hmm. And she was so, the energy she brought to set every day was so phenomenal. Um, and the first time I met her, she started singing the song that I sang from first season, The Master's Calling. She said, oh, I love that song. And I'm going corporate in one of my shows. I said, Miss Patty, are you kidding? That's amazing. But she was so kind. She was so fun. And then the writers did, um, I think it was episode 313. It was a 13th episode. No, 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 12th episode of the last season. And um, they said they wanted us to sing a song. And at that time, she wasn't singing. She didn't come to the show. She just wanted to act. And so that was not a part of her contract. She was not singing anything. And she changed her contract overnight when we got that script so that we could sing that song. And she came to the studio. She's so fabulous. She came to the studio. 
ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's on. Let's get this thing going. She killed it. And she was so supportive of me understanding that I was a new artist, a beginning artist. And she just, everything I did, she loved. She was so, she's just easy. She's not, she could be this, you know, I've done everything under the sun. What are you doing here? But she, there was no ego. There was no, um, it was just humble and loving and caring. It was such a supportive studio session, something that I had never had. (laughs) (laughs) And I was in awe. It was amazing. And even when we got to the day where we shot it, I still could not believe that we were singing together. It's incredible. Mm. Did she hook you up with a patty pie? You know, I was really upset because I did not get a patty pie. Okay. And I asked her about it. And um, she said, well, honey, I can do more pie. I, I can get you some. Ma- you want some mac and cheese? You want- I said, yes, ma'am. You want some collard greens? You want- yes, I do. Can I have that? When you come into Philly, you know what? See? You know what? <laughs> we are here in Atlanta. Mm. I don't know when I can get to Philly. Well, when you come to Philly, you let me know. Or I can maybe freeze it for you. She hit you with the grandma freeze. <laughs> I can freeze it for you. I'm going I'm gonna get to Philly. Yeah. Well, so I have not had it yet. Well, I have had it and it's legit. It's a bomb. It's legit. Really? So, yes. Believe what you heard. It is legit. I don't um I look, I I, I, I found myself lucky even getting a uh, getting my hands on a patty pie because those things were like sold out. It's like before this Popeye's chicken sandwich craze look was the patty pie. All right. <laughs> he blew up. All right. But her that up on that, them pies. that pie was legit. Um, so that's one legend, of course, that you've been able to work with on the show. Another, of course, is uh, we discussed earlier, Lynn Whitfield. Mm. So um, what's it been like working with her? Lynn is a master of this craft. She is a complete master. Um, Watching her, you don't know the meaning of the phrase working a camera until you see Lynn Whitfield work a camera. When I saw that, I said, oh, she's working the camera. Oh, that's what you do. She understood every position, which really, really taught me. You have to always know where the camera is, what size the lens is, what they're shooting. Are they shooting here? Are they only shooting here? You know, what is it? Because if they're only shooting here, which is like a hundred mil, everything has to be right in those eyes, has to be right in that face so they can get everything you need in that scene. Um, But the way she moves, she just understood every movement, every look, every breath. She understood how to use it to make that camera work. She is a master. Mm -hmm. She looked like she might cuss you out too. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> she, she definitely. <laughs> oh, she'll cut you out in two seconds. She thought like she might cut you out. <laughs> yeah, no question. No question at all. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, she does. Ooh. I was like, I just want to like stand at attention whenever. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I've seen her in a, in a few rooms. I'm like, you know. Well, you know what? Lynn is so much fun. Um, and she has a daughter whose name is Grace, which is. Oh, that's, that's right? ironic. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and her daughter is a musician. She's a fabulous musician. And I think that they're they're so close and that keeps Lynn just sort of always in the know with this edge, this fun. She's very, she loves people. She loves living. um, And she loves doing what she does. 
So she knows who she is. She knows what she wants. Um, and she knows how to get it. And she knows what to do. But she will. She'll let you have it if she needs to. <laughs> yeah, she definitely sees There's it. no question. I, I could see that about her. Oh, it's fabulous. Now, you said that you, you were worried or had some concern that you might be, be typecast. But are there roles that you don't want to play? Or, you know, in terms of acting situations, you don't want to put yourself in? Uh, like, I, I imagine, you know, like a nude scene. Like, are you, do you have boundaries of things you don't think you want to play? Absolutely. Okay. Um, I absolutely have boundaries. And... I don't, I don't have a lot of them, um, but I don't want to be nude, at least not full nudity. Um, and that's something I, I don't know at this point. I don't know if it'll change. It's very possible. Um, but at this point, that is, that's how I feel. And so these are boundaries that, of course, I've discussed with my husband. And um, which is funny because somebody came at me, you know, sidebar. Uh, about an outfit I had on. It's like, that's too low cut and that's too much cleavage. Ma'am, you not my husband, you not my daddy, you know? And so if my husband's okay with something, then we're good. Yeah. And so back back to the regularly scheduled but I, program. But I imagine you you probably get a lot of that because of- Because people the, think, oh, that oh you're a whinance. Right. And so you need to be- it doesn't help that the character you play is, is the daughter church. in a famous it, it does not help. It does a, not help. In a church family. So they probably have a hard time separating, separating right? They do. Okay. I told I told uh, my husband I needed to go in here and play a crackhead real quick so we can get something else in the mix. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's hard for people to separate. And, you know, I praise God for what my family has done and the foundation and the legacy that they have set. Um, but I had to figure out who I was. And it's hard being in such a big family with such a strong identity to find your own. And a lot of times you feel like you have to live up to what they're doing or what someone else is doing instead of finding who you are. And life is too short to not find who you are, to go after what it is you want, to pursue your dreams. I can't live nobody else's dream. I cannot do it. I won't be happy. And that's not what I'm called to do. And so um, I, I just help people when they have a hard time separating. You know, I walked out the house and my husband saw me and he said I was cute. So I think I'm good. Mm. You know, that's that professional check. You know, <laughs> right? That's that just, professional. <laughs> just a little. Just a little slight word. Just a little. Um, so I do have some fun questions. Yeah. That I wanted to ask you. Okay. <laughs> what is your karaoke song? <laughs> okay so okay don't don't take my black card don't take my black card I won't. okay i, I just want to make sure i needed a you're verbal you're allowed to sing white people it's i needed okay. a verbal <laughs> you have my verbal commitment okay you will not lose any black credit score points okay okay, okay. since you've been gone oh that's a great one that's a great that's a, that's a great, great karaoke, karaoke song. song right but I feel like you cheating because you can sing. So that message. <laughs> no, it's just, no, because here's the thing. Karaoke is not my thing. I never sound good at karaoke. But if I sing a song I love, then I just have a good time. Mm. I don't sound good at karaoke. So uh, because I'm too lazy and maybe not that creative, it's a little game I like to play with my guests called This or That. Mm -hmm. So you have to pick one. 
There can be no introducing a third. You have to pick no one. No substitutes. No substitutes. I. The fate of human existence depend on it. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Lives all will right. be lost if you do not pick one. Okay. okay That's the seriousness right. of okay. this. Okay. Okay. All right. I just call it this or that. All right. This or that. BB or CC. I know that was me, wasn't it? But I, I don't mean, care. <laughs> dang. You're so wrong right now on so many I levels. Know. I know I can rip it. Shoot. Who's going to listen to this? <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, um, you know what? Cece. Oh, Priscilla. Look, Priscilla Marie Winans. Priscilla Marie. Priscilla there Marie. You go. Yeah. Had to call that full government name. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'll be calling BB after this. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, you're so low down. <laughs> he is scheduled to be a guest of the podcast. I can't wait to play this you're part. You're so wrong. <laughs> it's going to set up. Uh, Godfather or Godfather 2. Oh, dang. You know what? Godfather, because I always love the moment when Michael kills the cop. Mm-hmm. When he becomes, when no, 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 I'm sorry. The moment when he tells them, because they laugh at him and he says, I'll kill him. And they laugh, and, oh, you boy, you just suit on. You. And he says, no, no, no. If you can figure a way to have a gun in there, I'll kill him. And I said, oh, he He's for real. That's my favorite scene. That's when he really became. I'm always going to. That's when he became the man. That's when he became the man. That's when he became the man. Michael Corleone. Yeah. A Detroit-centered question. Mm -hmm. Or these next, well, these next couple will be Detroit-centered. Okay. Fago Red or Fago Peach? Red, baby. Red. (laughs) Red. Pop, baby. Red, that's right. Come on. Just call it red. Now, yes. It doesn't even need the fago part. The fago uh-uh. part was for you guys red. listening. In yeah. case you didn't know. Yeah. I could have just said red or peach and you would have known. Red. It's like Kool-Aid. It's just Absolutely. red. Absolutely. Right? That's it. Okay. Uh, Fred Hammond or Kirk Franklin? <laughs> Fred Hammond. There was only one acceptable answer. Fred know, is from the yeah. D. Yeah, he's from the D. <laughs> so he's from one. the D. And you know, he used to play bass with my dad and them. He's like family. I I can't I can't not choose Fred. That's just I mean, but commission come on. Yeah, I know Fred. See, I almost was like commission a whiners, but See, I didn't do that to you. You know what? I no, didn't do that to you. that's really you that know what? Been I mean, of course you're gonna pick the whiners. I think maybe I should ask. <laughs> you got it on the record. Uh, Big Sean or Eminem? Um. So I think. You don't whisper it. Say it with your chest. Don't whisper it. <laughs> don't whisper it. Eminem. Okay. Eminem. It was Eminem. Mm-hmm. Yes. Some people consider him one of the best rappers of all time. Of all time. Big Sean is still in he's, the teeth of his He's finding career. his way. Yeah, that's he's right. coming up. He's got a new album. I yeah. think that's coming out. And I actually don't really know his music. Oh. Oh, see, I will Sorry. take some black car. See, I know. What? I know. Oh, t- okay. Oh, he is going to be so hurt. But we just didn't have a lot. I didn't listen to a lot of rap growing up. And so it's never really been Big my Sean thing. Big Sean is recent. I know. I know. I know. But I'm, it's never been my thing. So I just never uh, really got into it. Okay. I mean, I know Jay-Z. 
And I know Eminem. Okay, <laughs> okay go ahead. You know Eminem. Don't judge me. No, I'm judging on that one. <laughs> <laughs> judging on that one. Um, Big Luther or Lil Luther? Oh, Big Luther. <laughs> oh, yeah. With the curl, not Absolutely. quite. Okay. Absolutely. Big Luther had all the jobs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That was that was it. That when, when he got skinny, he just, you know... <sighs> He still had some bops. He, oh yeah, he, he had, had some, some bops, bops, but it wasn't the same. But it wasn't, it wasn't that big mama full of love get you going. Yeah, Big Luther. <laughs> okay. Yeah. See, you did, you you did all right. I didn't, I didn't even, uh, I really didn't give you hard choices. The no, BB and CC one. Was BB probably, and CC was wrong. That was probably <laughs> that was re- that was really mean. It was, but it's it's out of love. Okay. Well, look, uh, Deborah, thank you so much for spending this time with me. Um, You know, it's funny because the last, uh, the last, the first three seasons of Greenleaf, I've I've uh, binge watched all of them. Mm -hmm. So I binge watched. I think you guys were in season two. That was the first time I met you. You guys were already Mm -hmm. in season two. Mm -hmm. And shout out to Michael Smith because he was the one that got me on Greenleaf. Yes, it was several people uh, when I was at ESPN and doing Sports Center. It was at least three or four people on uh, my show uh, who were all into Greenleaf. And they pressured me, and I watched it, and I binge-watched it. I was like, damn, I should have been on this from the beginning. So, But I, then I got spoiled because then I went to watch watch all the episodes at yeah. once. Yeah. Um, and so, but this time I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. I, need I was going to say, are you really going to no, wait no, till I can't wait. like I can't November? Wait. I'm not going to wait till November. So I'll be in September 3rd. Uh, when season third. four starts, I'll be live tweeting it. <laughs> Very for good. Sure. Very good. Um, hopefully, I think I should. No, I actually, I won't be home that day because I'll be at my bachelorette party. My bachelorette turning trip. Up. I'll be turning up. Turn yes. all the way up. I will be turning all the way up. But when Love I get it. back, I will. It'll be there waiting for you. It will be there waiting for me because it is firmly on the DVR. But um, I'm sure the season will be a smash. But good luck with everything. And here's to you. Playing a crackhead. I know you got to hear you. Somebody cast this woman as a crackhead. Thank you for believing I in believe me. you could be a crackhead. Thank you. The best crackhead that you could possibly be. <laughs> well, uh, we, are, uh, we are done with Deborah Joy. But ladies and gentlemen, you know what's coming up next. Your favorite segment and mine. I'm about to break my no cursing thing. Um and I'm only doing that for you just because, as I said, I don't want the entire gospel community after me. <laughs> but up next, final segment, Fuck It, I'm Bothered. There are a lot of historical events that I've been proud to have been able to witness in my lifetime. Michael Jordan's first three-peat. Michael Jordan's second three-peat, the election of the first black president, the beginning and end of the Oprah show. But now I can add another historical event to that stellar list. 30 or 40 years from today, I'll be hopefully sitting on the porch of a multi-million dollar house on the beach, rocking back and forth in a rocking chair that probably levitates off the ground, comes with 10 or 12 different massage settings because this is my vision and I'm accounting for technology. And the neighborhood kids will be gathered around and I'll be able to tell them where I was during the 2019 Great Chicken Sandwich Wars. Uh, For those who don't know what the hell I'm talking about, here's a short recap. uh, And then I'll get to the reasons I'm bothered about this great 
chicken sandwich war. So Popeye's basically broke the internet by announcing the release of its very first chicken sandwich. Now, I heard about this sandwich months ago because, yes, I do follow Popeye's on Twitter. Judge me. I don't give a fuck. Um, and so I was already counting down exactly how many days it was until this chicken sandwich would debut. I was also counting exactly how many workouts I would have to do to have a guilt-free, delicious chicken experience. But the chicken hit the fan. Yeah, I'm corny. Deal with it. When Chick-fil-A decided they were with the shits and responded to Popeye's by tweeting, bun plus chicken plus pickles equals all the original that you need. That's when shit got real. Popeye's clapped back with a retweet and comment on what Chick-fil-A said. Oh, y'all good. <laughs> that was the tweet, by the way. And just like that, we were off that Jay-Z versus Colin Kaepernick shit. And the entire internet said, fuck a race war. It's a chicken sandwich war. Because America. Now, Wendy's jumped in like, oh, we getting spicy up in here? No, they didn't say that. But what they said was, and this is the exact quote, y'all out here fighting about which of these fools has the second best chicken sandwich. Oh, shit. It's on. Meanwhile, churches was like, you know what? This is grown folks business. So I'm going to just sit over here at the kids table with our genetically enhanced ass chicken. Because y'all know damn well the chicken breast ain't supposed to be the size of an armadillo because that's churches. Tell you what, churches, we'll tag you in when the biscuit war start. That's when you have something to say. Until then, stay lowering everybody's credit scores who bites into your damn chicken. Anyway, um, this chicken beef created such a huge buzz around Popeye's new chicken sandwich that you now have a better chance of seeing me eat a Brussels sprout. And my regular podcast listeners know that I would rather lick a sidewalk than eat a Brussels sprout. Then get in your hands on this new damn sandwich. Manhattan, Orlando, this shit is sold out practically everywhere. No lie. There is a dude on the internet selling his Popeye's chicken sandwich for $100. There's a dude on Twitter selling this sandwich like he's a fake ass Amazon. How much y'all want to bet that some dude has run up into a barbershop already selling tube socks, bootlegs of the Coming to America 2 movie that's coming out in a few months? And knock off spicy chicken sandwiches his people made, claiming they taste just like the one from Popeye's. But his buns have no seeds. So fuck it, I'm bothered that because of this Twitter war and all this publicity, I can't get a damn chicken sandwich from Popeye's. Got my mouth all watered up for some hash and no haps. Now, I'm not the only one in this situation. This is a full-blown nationwide crisis. Let's go to D.C. Fast food chain Popeyes became a victim of its own advertising today. So many customers lined up for a big special. Some locations, including one in Penfield and the city, ran out of chicken. Tonight, customers were clucking their disapproval. Customers at the drive-thru heard this recorded message. Sorry for the inconvenience, but we are all out of chicken and we are closed for the rest of the day. Thank you and have a blessed day. One woman yelled back at the machine. People have kids and they're trying to feed for the special. And you mean to tell me that we can't feed our kids? Because y'all didn't order enough chicken. Y'all knew y'all was having this special almost two months ago. And that's wrong. What about the kids, Popeyes? What about the damn kids? Uh, no shade, but to hell with them kids. What about the adults? What about the damn adults? Are you kidding me? I think that's bad because I'm sure hungry. No chicken. No chicken? Thankfully, there were some disappointed citizens 
that had some patience. Cue Ned Flanders. Yeah, they seem to be out of chicken today, so I'll just pick up a pizza. It's no big deal. Now, y'all know that was a white guy, don't you? Y'all knew it. Anyway, is this not the most Popeye shit of all time? They got the hottest product in these chicken sandwich streets, and they can't keep up with the demand. Who among us has not been to Popeye's at a time where they should be awash with chicken? When their bin should be overfloweth with chicken. Only to hear the most dreaded phrase in the English language. That'll be a 10-minute wait on Spicy. I went to Popeye's one day at 2 in the afternoon, and they were out of chicken. Who runs out of chicken in the afternoon? Who came through the lunch room? Who came through the lunch rush? The damn Steelers? But there is a silver lining. I've been saying this for years. That Chick-fil-A's chicken sandwich is overrated. Yeah, I said it. And now with this come up, Popeye's might have knocked them off the block for real. This is Nino taking over the Carter Apartments. Marlo taking over the Corners. The Corleone family taking over Vegas. And even better, Popeye's is open on Sundays. And you don't have to worry about eating chicken with a side of homophobia. Now, one final thing. Until I can judge this Popeye's sandwich for myself... And it seems like that ain't happening until the year 2022. Wendy's actually does have the best spicy chicken sandwich. Debate your uncle with the loose tooth, with the Just For Me starter kit, and the scuffed up church shoes. Stay unbothered. Jamel Hill is Unbothered is produced by Spotify Studios and Unbothered Inc. and recorded and edited by Rich Burner and Cadence 13. Ashley Van Horn is our head of talent. Evan Dick is our executive producer. Jesse Burton is the executive producer for Spotify. And Denise Holly is the program manager. Our theme music is provided by Corey Greenleaf and Ben Darwish. You can find more from me on Twitter and Instagram at Jamel Hill. Hold up. 